Stock market manipulation. The stock market is being manipulated and most investors are unaware of this. Most investors just go about their business executing buy or sell orders, but they don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Most stock market manipulation methods and techniques are perfectly legal, but are they ethical? And most of these stock market manipulation tactics are also very hard to trace. That's why today I want to look at six stock market manipulation tactics that are currently being used that you might not know about. These six are the dark pools, payment for order flow, high frequency trading, spoofing, quote stuffing, and the pump and dump. I might throw in a bonus one also at the end, so just stay tuned. Let's start with dark pools. The name dark pool sounds pretty mysterious and pretty sinister, but all a dark pool is is a private exchange. All of us are familiar with public exchanges. Public exchanges are the New York Stock Exchange, the NASDAQ, even the London Stock Exchange. And a little bit of an explanation of how a stock market exchange works. There are different markets. For example, you have a car market, you have a market for clothes, and you also have a market for stocks. Markets are where buyers and sellers come together in order to trade goods or services. And on the stock market, a public one, buyers and sellers come together in order to trade, you guessed it, shares of stock. Private exchanges, also called dark pools, just work like public exchanges, but with some differences. One of those differences is that buyers and sellers don't know each other when they trade in a dark pool until after the trade has been executed. These trades also need to be documented with the SEC, which stands for the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is an entity that regulates the stock market and makes sure that everybody is trading in an ethical manner. The second thing to pay attention to is that retail investors like you and myself don't have access to a dark pool. High-frequency trading companies and big institutions have access to trade in dark pools. Whenever they trade in these dark pools, they don't trade in a couple of shares. Like when I buy shares or when you buy shares, we might buy 10 shares in, in Coke, 20 shares in Apple, but these big companies that trade in dark pools, they buy blocks of shares or they, or they sell blocks of shares. So why do dark pools even exist? Why not just trade on a public exchange? Well, one of the reasons, of course, is that you can stay anonymous. The second but most important reason is that you can sell large blocks of shares in a private exchange without potentially having a negative impact on the price of the stock that you're selling. For example, if you want to sell a million shares in Johnson & Johnson, if you go to a public exchange and they see that you're trying to sell that many shares, it might have a negative impact on the the price of that share, in this case, Johnson & Johnson. When these sellers see that you want to sell so many shares in Johnson & Johnson, it's going to push the price of the stock down. Meanwhile, when you do that in a private exchange, you're being anonymous. You don't know where you're selling it to. The the buyer doesn't know who he or she is buying it from. The, The trade executes and boom, you're done.
another reason, of course, is that you're probably going to have a hard time selling a million shares in a fast amount of time. It's probably going to take days or even weeks to sell that many shares in one company such as Johnson & Johnson. But on the other hand, in a private exchange, you can sell a million shares in blocks a lot faster. Some of the big players when it comes to buying and selling on private exchanges are, of course, your Warren Buffetts, your Ray Dalios, your Charlie Mungers. Now, some people have major issues with dog pools. Because think about it. There is a whole other private exchange that you and I don't have access to. People are trading on that exchange, which means that there are different prices for the same shares of stock that are being traded on a, on a public exchange, plus liquidity flows away from the public exchange to the private exchange. So think about it like this. Let's say I am a seller of fish. So there's a fish market that I go to every single day. I put up my stand and I sell my, my tilapia, my tuna, whatever. And I get buyers coming in every day that try to get a good deal on the fish that I sell. Unbeknownst to me, further down the street, there's a whole other fish market. Not only that, my customers are slowly going to that market. And I can't go to that market because that's a private market. You need to be a, a member of that specific market. So here am I, like here I am selling fish and I'm losing my customers. I don't know what's going on over there. They're probably selling fish at a cheaper price. And I don't have access to any of that information. According to the Securities and Exchange Commission, there are over 40 registered dark pools at the moment. And of course, overseas in London, Australia, they're also using dark pools. Now, are these dark pools ethical? Well, that's debatable, but they are legal because they are registered. Most companies that own these dark pools are high-frequency trading companies. We will talk a little bit more about high-frequency trading companies because that's a whole other topic when it comes to manipulation. But second, let's look at payment for order flow, which is crazy. I never knew about this until probably a couple of months ago, which is a very interesting topic on how these brokerage accounts are actually making money based on your orders. Stock order routing or payment for order flow is really interesting because brokerage firms such as Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, Ally, and any of these brokerage firms that you might be using are selling your orders to third parties. So here's how it works. Let's say you want to buy 10 shares in Colgate. You log into your Robinhood app. You put in um, an order for 10 shares and you hit the buy button. At that moment, Robinhood takes that order, sends it to a high-frequency trading company like Citadel. They buy the shares, potentially at a discount, and then they sell the shares to you at the price that you wanted to buy it at. The high-frequency trading company makes money and Robinhood gets a kickback. So how can the high-frequency trading company actually make money? Well, think about manipulation technique number one, dark pools. So 
whenever your order is sent to this high-frequency trading company, they have access to the public exchanges, but they also have access to the private exchanges, the dark pools. So Colgate might be trading at one price on a public exchange, but in the dark pool, it might actually be trading at a cheaper price. This is how the high-frequency trading company can actually buy those shares at a cheaper price from the dark pool and then sell them to you at a higher price. So you might be thinking, how is that even possible? Because if you want to trade on a dark pool, you cannot just buy one, two, or ten shares of stock in a specific company. It needs to be at least a block of 200 or more shares. Well, your order of 10 shares in Colgate actually gets bashed with other orders. That's how it's able to get done. Now, the question comes up again. Is this ethical? Or is this legal? Of course, it's legal because all these brokerage firms, such as Robinhood and TD Ameritrade, they need to register all these orders with the SEC. And one thing you can do is you can Google this. If you type in your brokerage firm and then SEC 606, so for example, Robinhood SEC 606, you'll see the document that details everything when it comes to the high-frequency trading trading companies that they're using to route the orders to and how much they're actually getting paid for your order. The biggest player in the game is Citadel. Most of these brokerage firm firms route 40 to even 70% of their orders to Citadel. Now, I don't mind that my orders are being routed to a high-frequency trading company because I still get the price that I was looking for. When I, when I want to buy Colgate, those 10 shares at, let's say, 100 bucks, I get the price that I was looking for. But one thing to keep in mind is that your information is being sold to third parties. And also think about it like this. Nowadays, there is no commission when it comes to trading. If you use Robinhood, there are zero commissions when it comes to buying and selling. Back when I started investing, I used Scottrade, which had a $6.95 commission fee. So whenever I buy or sell shares, I had to pay $6.95. Doesn't matter if I buy one share, 10 shares, or 500 shares. I had to pay $6.95. And then when I switched over to Ally, I had to pay $4.99. Even when I did my research back in the 80s, you had to pay $45 as a commission just to do some trading, just to buy and sell. Nowadays, it's free. If you go on Robinhood, Ally, it's free to, to buy and sell. One way that these companies can recoup some money is to do payment for order flow by selling your order. So if you don't like that your information is being sold to third parties, you might have to do some research on your brokerage firm if they're actually doing payment for order flow. I will warn you though that most of these companies now are using this tactic. Just look up the, the SEC 606 report for your brokerage firm and if one exists then pretty much you know that they're doing it. So let's talk about high frequency trading right now because I've 
talked about high frequency trading companies a lot. So let's delve a little bit more into high frequency trading as a manipulation tactic. High frequency trading is comes down to trading at a lightning speed in milliseconds, faster than a human can trade. To me, there are three parts to high frequency trading. The actual computer or server that is being used for high frequency trading, the algorithm that is installed on these servers, and the proximity of these servers or computers to the stock exchange. So let me explain. Let's start with the algorithm. The algorithm is nothing more than a computer program that solves calculation problems. Are you tired of feeling lost in the world of trading and investing? Get informed and inspired with the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm Louise Bedford, and I'll help you navigate the markets like a pro. Tune in each week and subscribe now at talkingtrading.com.au or on your favorite podcast app, or check out the link in the show notes. Talking Trading, this is how traders excel. A server that is installed on has to be a fast server in order to execute trades. And the third component is the proximity of that server to the stock exchange. Logically, if a server is like right next to the stock exchange, it's going to be able to execute orders a lot faster than somebody who lives like a thousand miles away. So one of these issues that came up in the when high frequency traders or trading was just being introduced was that a lot of people lost their jobs because of high frequency trading because high frequency trading is like lightning speed faster than humans can can buy and sell orders so nowadays all most of the trading happens electronically a good example to look at how things have changed is to Watch a movie called Trading Places. This was a movie that came out, I think, in the late 80s or early 90s. And the, it featured the actors um, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Like a specific scene that always sticks in my mind when I watch that movie. And definitely watch that movie. It's a good movie. It's a funny movie. But one of the scenes that always sticks in my mind is The Trading Floor. So on a trading floor in a stock exchange, in a public stock exchange, you see people buy and sell orders by yelling buy and sell orders. And they have the buy and sell orders on a piece of paper. So when you look at the floor, you see a lot of uh, pieces of paper on the floor. So think about what stock exchanges look like now. There are not that many people on the trading floors. It's all digital. It's all electronic. Let me give you an example. Let me talk about human speed versus computer speed. Let's say me as a human, I'm a day trader. I log into my brokerage account and on a separate screen, I do my research to see which shares I want to buy or sell. You know, typical buy low, sell high or buy high, sell low, which is also called short selling. I just noticed that a press release came out for 
McDonald's. McDonald's, they are, they did extremely well in the last quarter. They hit earnings. They actually exceeded expected earnings by 3%. And in that press release, it also states that they're also seeing that in the, the next quarter, they will also ex- they also expect to beat earnings by 3%. So I read this article. It takes me maybe like five minutes to read this article. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to try to capitalize on this information. So I, on my separate screen, I'm logged into my brokerage account. And I want to buy some shares in McDonald's in order to buy them low because I'm expecting that with the good information, with the good news that came out, I'm expecting that the price of McDonald's is going to go up. So I'm buying now and I want to sell at a higher price human speed. Now let's look at how potentially a computer algorithm could do this. Not saying that this is happening, but this is potentially what could happen. So at the same time that this press release came out, let's say it came out at 10 a.m., within a fraction of a second, an algorithm scraped the news article looking for specific keywords or specific indicators, such as McDonald's beat expected earnings by 3%. This data, this information is being analyzed by the algorithm and then immediately goes to the the stock exchange and starts buying and selling at a profit. After about five minutes, you enter in the trade and you start to buy and sell. Meanwhile, the algorithm has already made a hefty profit of thousands of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars because the algorithm was able to analyze and go through the information a lot faster than a human can at a fraction of a second. Meanwhile, it took me a couple of minutes to read through the article and make a decision. So high-frequency trading becomes a game of who can get the information the fastest or who can buy it the quickest and then who has the best algorithm to capitalize on that information and of course the final piece is the closer you are to the stock market or the stock exchange the faster you will be able to execute orders two manipulation methods that high frequency trading companies use are spoofing and quote stuffing let's talk about spoofing first Spoofing is nothing more than putting out fake buy or sell orders in a large amount in order to profit of the other side of the trade. So what do I mean? For example, let's say I want to buy shares in Clorox at a cheap price, cheaper than what the market is currently selling for. What I'll do as a high-frequency trading company is I'll put out a bunch of sale orders for Clorox and these sale orders they pile up they keep getting larger and larger giving the illusion that there are a lot of sellers for Clorox what I then do it this potentially lowers the cost of the price of that particular stock because other investors see that oh there's so many sellers the price comes down As a high-frequency trading company, what I do then is I take the other side of the trade, I cancel all those fake sale orders, and I buy Clorox at a cheap price. 
boom, done. And this happens at lightning speed. With the quote stuffing manipulation tactic, what a high frequency trading company does is it sends out a lot of fake orders and then it cancels them. Then it sends out a bunch of orders again and it cancels them. And that's a cycle that it goes through constantly. What this does is these orders need to be processed. But because there's so many orders that gets pushed out and then canceled, it slows down the stock market. You're pretty much looking at a mist of real and fake orders. And as a high-frequency trading company, I can go through that mist of orders and I know which ones are fake and which ones are real. So I can pick and choose and capitalize on the real ones. While everybody is still focusing on, okay, what is fake, what is not fake, and trying to process those orders. Meanwhile, they're getting canceled. So code stuffing is a highly illegal method that's being used by high-frequency trading companies. And when found out, they do get penalized with a fine for using this method. One way to limit quote stuff from happening is if there was a minimum holding period for an order. So for example, if a high-frequency trading company puts out an order, it needs to be available or active for at least one or two seconds. Because like currently there is no minimum holding period. It They put out the orders and they cancel it within milliseconds. But if there was some minimum holding period of a second or two seconds, seconds it would diminish or even kill quote stuffing. So let's talk about the last method, which is the good old pump and dump. Pump and dump is a method primarily being used on the OTC market, the over-the-counter market. A lot of wordless stocks are being traded over-the-counter. A lot of penny stocks also. Stocks that are being traded over-the-counter don't need to register or document their financial information with the SEC. So it's pretty much a free-for-all when it comes to worthless companies and worthless stock. When it comes to the, the pump and dump, what I do is, what I, if, if I'm one of those investors that wants to make a quick buck, I see a worthless company and I'm like, okay, I can probably make some money off this company. So I buy a bunch of shares at a really cheap price, a dollar or even less than a dollar. I then advertise this company as being the next biggest best thing, even though it's worthless. So that attracts a lot of investors because they they believe in the advertising. They believe that this company is actually going to be doing good in the future. So the price of the stock starts to go up and it keeps going up and it keeps going up. Eventually, let's say it the price of the stock is worth a thousand times more. Like I'm happy because my worthless stocks are worth X amount more. So now I'm like, okay. Now is the correct time to sell all my shares in this company and make a hefty profit. So while I'm doing this, it comes to the light that this company is actually worthless. All that advertising that I did didn't mean anything because this is a worthless stock. When this is found out, it pushes the stock price back down to where it was when I bought it. So I made a hefty profit, but all the other investors that came in based on my advertising because they thought it was a great stock, they are left holding the ball with a worthless stock and they actually lost money.
So the funny thing about pump and dumps is that my dad was actually caught up in a pump and dump situation. This happened back in 2004, 2005, around that time. My dad never told me about it at the time it happened. He told me about it later. But this is kind of the details that he told me about what happened. So he got a phone call from a trading company. And they were trying to pitch him a bunch of different companies that were trading on their value. They they were able to convince him to buy these stocks. And I think after about a month or two, he noticed that the price of those shares just dropped. And he lost a lot of money. And he told my brother this, but he never told me that. And he told my brother that never invest in the stock market because it's a scam. But luckily, I've been able to to talk to him. Like I've showed him my methods of investing because I'm a dividend investor. And currently, he he invests a lot more than, than he used to. But it still goes to show how the pump and dump is still being used in order to, to make money off investors that don't know a lot about investing in general. Earlier, I talked about a bonus stock market manipulation method. This bonus is the insider trading method. So insider trading can be legal or it can be illegal. That's so interesting about insider trading. Like a legal method of insider trading is, for example, a CEO who buys or sells the company's shares. That's perfectly legal. But an illegal method of insider trading is trading based on information that's not public yet. So for example, let's say you work at the Pepsi company in the marketing department. And in one of your weekly sales, it's been told that Pepsi was able to strike a deal to be the official sponsors of the NFL. Now this is all fake, of course. It's not real. It's just... An example. You're sitting in the meeting and you see dollar signs pop up in front of your eyes. You're like, okay, this information is potentially going to have a a good impact on the stock price. I can already see the stock price going up. So this is what you do with the information. It's not public yet. You go to your uncle. You tell your uncle to buy 10,000 shares of Pepsi now. Because after this information comes out the stock price is going to go up. This is illegal. Even though you're not the one that's buying those shares, you're still telling somebody to buy shares based on information that's not public. You can get fined for doing this, and you can even go to jail for participating in insider trading. So we looked at seven different stock market manipulation methods. Of course, there's more out there than just these seven. But these sevens are ones that happen frequently and you should know about them. Out of those seven, so we talked about the dark pools. We talked about payment for order flows. We talked about high frequency trading, code stuffing, spoofing, the pump and dump, and insider trading. Out of those seven Payment for order flows or order routing, that's to me the most interesting one. Because I already knew about the other six, but when I learned about companies selling your orders in order to get paid from it, I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to know, okay, who are they selling my orders to? And like, how much are they getting paid for selling my orders to these companies? 
So that payment for order, that's my most interesting one that I actually researched. But let me know which one you think was the most interesting one. Thank you for listening to my podcast on stock market investing. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, which you can find by searching my name, Giovanni Richters. Also, be sure to check out my books and audiobooks on stock market investing. I'll catch you in the next episode.